0: We hope you're encouraged by today's message.
1: Hey, welcome to Pacific Point Church. Uh, uh, we love our community. It's, it, the simplicity of the gospel is, is who we are. We go, to, we go to the least common denominator. Do you know who that is? Yes, it is. It is me. You are correct in that. I just didn't realize you are that quick to announce it to everybody that I'm the least common denominator. Hey, uh, what we're trying to do here is... We're learning to love and live like Jesus. We're building relationship and just trying to be a little bit more like Jesus. So welcome. Thanks for coming out today. Uh, we are uh, kicking off a, a new series. We went through this whole thing on on the Word. We spent, you know, all those weeks, what is that, six weeks on, on the Word, 15 minutes. And if you didn't get a book, there's still some more books back there. Love for you to have one. Grab it. 15, 15 uh, uh, minutes a day we take, just kind of going through, through that 30 days of understanding the Bible. Uh, but... But you can, you can go through all this, and you can, you can learn the Word, but there's got to be more. So now what? And that's where we're in, the what. And it says this in John 1:14. and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory. Glory is the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. And what, what does that mean? Why is that scripture so important? Why do I say now what? It's because you can have this word, but if you don't have life embodied in this, then who cares? If, if, if the word just went forth and Jesus never came, nothing ever changes. So as we were studying the word and learning more about the word and grabbing a hold of the word and, and the realization of what this word does, it's embodied in you and in me to bring grace and truth others. To bring hope to others. So now what? Well, let's look at us. And I, I want to look at these next five, six weeks. Five stones, and that should be the heart of David, but the heart of. Five stones and the heart of David is what I want to look at. What does it mean to take this word and, and, and to be? To make a difference in people's lives? What might that look like? It says this of David in Acts 13, 22. He raised up David... He raised up God, he raised up David to be their king, of whom he testified and said, I have found in David the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. This is what the father says of David. It's a prayer that I want for God to have said of me someday. Hey, this is a man who is after my heart, who did my will who walked in grace and, and all of these other attributes. And this to be said of someone in this word, enshrined in, and in this word into a history is a pretty amazing thing to have been said about David. Now, there's a problem with that that I struggled with, and it was this, that David, the man after God's own heart in 2 Samuel 11, was an adulterer. David, in 2 Samuel 11:17 was a murderer, David, in 2 Samuel 13, failed to discipline his sons. And because he didn't discipline his sons, David's own son led a rebellion against him in 2 Samuel 16 and 17. And David disobeyed God and took a census in 2 Samuel 24. Time and time again we see this about David. Yet what we see in this scripture after he had died is that David was a man after God's own heart. How does that flow? How do we reconcile all of this stuff Now, I'm going to assume we don't have any murderers in here. I'm not going to assume we don't have any adulterers in here. I'm not looking at anybody. We got quiet real quick. (laughs) I know I've failed in my own life in discipline with my sons. Rebellion against God. But but the obvious question that we have to ask is, how could God still call David a man after his own heart? After all the things that he did. David committed such terrible sins, including adultery and murder. And the answer is, I believe, in these five stones. These five stones. And I'll show you what I mean. See, David knew who he was and who he wasn't. That's a a huge advantage in your life, if you know who you are and who you're not. Because if you don't know that, then you step into situations you should never step into. And, 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 and when you know who you are, you're able to walk boldly in what God has called you to. The issue wasn't sin in David's life. Because here's the deal. You're all sinners. I'm a sinner. We're all sinners. The issue isn't sin in our lives. The issue is heart. What are you going to do when that comes? Is there this time between your sin? Or is it a regular part of your life? And for David, it was this heart that made the difference in his life. Five stones in the heart of David. And this is what I want to preach the next five weeks. Next week on repentance and David and his heart is repentance. And the week after that, faith in David and the faith that he walked in. And worship, and David as a worshiper. And then on March 31st, the word and David and understanding the law and the word and thankfulness that he walked in on April 7th. That's what you get to look forward to the next few weeks. Don't skip. Uh, <laughs> David the, had a heart like no other. I want to look at David and Goliath real quickly this morning and just pieces of it. It's, it's a long story, and there's a lot there, and I'm, I'm only going to take one aspect in 1 Samuel uh, 17, and it says, David knew who he was and who God was, and it says this, then Saul, this is First Samuel 17, if you have your Bibles or you can look up here, then Saul clothed David in his armor. He put a helmet of bronze on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail, and David strapped his sword over his armor. And he tried in vain to go, for he had not tested them. Then David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not tested them. So David put them off. Then he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the brook and put them in the shepherd's pouch. His sling was in his hand, and he approached the Philistine. David is preparing for this battle, but there's this little thing that is said in this scripture that's very interesting that you may have read over a hundred times but not really understood what he was saying. It says this, Then Saul, this is an interesting statement, and I want to unpack this. Then Saul clothed David in his armor. Saul took the helmet that Saul had, the breastplate that Saul had, the sword that he had, all these things, and he clothed David with them. Then Saul, now look at this. This scripture was prior to Saul doing this for David. This scripture was was verse 10. It was prior to what we just read. It says this. This is very interesting. And the Philistines said, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that may fight together. When Saul and all the Israelites heard these words of the Philistines, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Think about this. This is what Saul had just experienced Goliath had come out. The enemy in your life comes out and he taunts you and he says things to you. And in the religious context, what happens is religious people, they step out and when the enemy comes out, you know what religious people do? They come to you and they go, here, try my little thing. Put on my helmet, put on my breastplate, and take my sword. All along, they have no victory in their own lives. And and, and, it's, it's amazing to me that Saul, who was afraid of Goliath. That Saul, who was sitting there, and he's like, they're all sitting here cowering as, as, as Goliath would come up each day and mock the armies of Israel. And as the enemy comes to you each day and mocks you and says, you'll never get over it. You're going to be this. You're going to be that. You're going to be addicted. You're going to be a you liar. You're going to be whatever, fill in the blank. And he comes out with this, this power. And you know what some Christians do? They go, hey, put on my armor and you can defeat it. Go speak in tongues for an hour a day, and you can defeat it. I'm not saying don't do that. They said go read your Bible every day for an hour, and if you do that, then you'll have victory. If you'll just give 10% every week, you'll have victory. And let me be very clear. I'm not saying don't do any of those things, especially the last one. I'm not saying that at all. (laughs) But I'm saying religion, religion says this. Go do this, that, or the other thing, and you'll beat the out of whoever it is that the enemy brings. And here's Saul. None of his warriors were willing to fight Goliath. In fact, it says this, that they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Yet here comes this little guy, David. Here comes this this shepherd, David. And he runs up and he goes, that's the guy you're afraid of? Now, it says that he was nine cubits, which is, I I did the math, or, or no, six cubits. One of those cubits things. But it's basically said he was nine foot six, six inches. A massive man. And everybody was afraid of him. And Saul says to David, look. He's like, try, try my helmet on. The one that didn't work for me. Here, here, take take my, my, my uniform. The one that I'm afraid in. Here, here, take the sword that I'll never use to go kill Goliath with. Time and time again in church, people say, here's the answer, here's the answer, here's the answer. Go put this on, and it'll all work out for you, and it doesn't work out. See, religion never prevails. It brings dismay and fear. That's why I hate religion. That's why Jesus hated religion, and everything that Jesus says in here to religious people is, is you brood of vipers, you foolish, foolish men, you empty tombs. You have no answers. This is Jesus talking to the priests. You know what he says to the sinners, the adulterers, the drunkards, all the other people like you and me? He says, says, come. He says, come. Religion is a set of rules that was taught to you and told to you that you should do that will make everything better. And it's full on S. Fill in the letter before it. You guys didn't get that, did you? Okay. I just sounded... Thank you. You got, you got me here. No. <laughs> then Saul... Then Saul, what is religious when you take someone else's armor on? And for some of us in here, we've taken on that helmet of bronze that Saul offers David. And that helmet of bronze was mama's religion. It was mom dragging you by your ear to church every Sunday and telling you, you got to be a Christian, or you got to know Jesus, or you got to sing praises, or you got to give that quarter and the offering, or whatever your mama told you. And you're trying to live with your mom's religion, and it just doesn't fit in your box. It doesn't work. Or some of you, that coat of mail that he put on David. It's that self-righteousness. If I just get it all together, then everything will be perfect. If I just say the right things and don't cuss and don't drink and don't chew and don't sleep with women who do, and everything will be good. I failed at that one. I'm kidding. That was a joke. I know you don't chew. been. <laughs> And, and some of us have been given these swords of words that come forth, including what happens here on Sunday. And the, 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 it says, the Bible says the word of God is a sword that goes forth. But, but if it's not your sword, if it's not your sword, if you don't have it, if you're not eating, if you don't understand it, if it doesn't impact you, and it's just me saying it up there, who cares? Right. So good. Who cares? See, the values in this relationship with Jesus... The value is that this word, when I eat it, it changes me. And this is the sword I go to work with, not yours. And here's Saul. He's like, great, David. You can take that Goliath guy. Here's my stuff. Go do it. I'm not going to do it with this stuff, but you go do it. Isn't that the beauty of Christians? They're just a bunch of hypocrites. I'm generalizing. I'm offending people. That's all right. We just, the issue is not hypocrisy, folks, and I say this all the time. The issue is self righteousness. And when you set yourself up as, a, as, the, as the righteous, you know, right, and I've got it all together, it's not true. Jesus has it all together in and through you.
0: Hypocrisy,
1: every one of us is a hypocrite. But when you stand in self righteousness, people go, oh, if you can, can live your life and in your failures and have humility, God says, He's a man after my own heart. You're a woman after my own heart. You see the difference? Religion wants to put its answers on you. And God goes, no, 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 no. That's not what I have for you. See, David understood this. He says this, I can't go with these, for I've not tested them. So David put them off. He took it on. Now, this is is crucial because today, some of you, people have put things on you and said, if you just do this, it'll be good. And you literally, you can't just sit at them. You got to take that helmet off. You got to take that mail off. You got to take that sword and lay it down and say, I don't want that anymore. I'm not going to be tripped up by that religious thing anymore. I'm going to do what God has called me to do and wear what God has called me to wear so that I can have the victory that God's called me to have. And David said, I haven't tested them. Religion is, religion is quick to fix your, whatever your your is. Religious is the answer that if you just do this, everything will be better. But it's not tested. There's no history in it. See, history is a relationship's best friend. Think about that. That is original, too, just so. <laughs> history is a, is a relationship's best friend. Let me show you. It says this in verse 32. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. He basically says, okay, Saul, you know, all all your whole army that's scared to death, I'm going to go. I'm going to go do it. And Saul said to David, you're not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him for you're but a youth. And he has been a man of war from his youth. You know what religion does? Religion puts you in a hole and says, you're not a pastor, you can't do that. Religion says this, how can you have that faith to believe what God might do for you? If only religion puts you in that box and says, you're too young, or you're too old, or you're too tall, or you're too skinny, or you're too fat, or you're too dumb, or I don't know, make it up. That's what religion does. And God busts all that. He breaks it all down and says, I can use every single person in this building to fulfill the purposes that I have for them. Right. Saul says to David, you're not able to go against a Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth, and he is a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered him out of of his mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him by the beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. I can't imagine Saul's going, yes, I believe you. Saul's thinking, you're full of something. Here's this little guy, a nobody, in the, in the line of Jesse. He's just like, okay, none of these guys, the warriors, the people that, that sit in church, and, and they love to see you raise their hands, and they love to see you pray real loud, and they love to see you fast, and they love to see you quote scriptures, all those people. Let me sidebar I'm context. I am not I don't want it to sound like I'm ripping on Christians, but I hate the religious thing that just grabs a hold of us. And and, and Saul just says, "Ah, Go! David, go. Not realizing that David's best friend was history. Not even thinking that this might even be true. So when he rushes to the battle line and he sees the giant that is in front of him, he goes... I've won that war before. I've won that war before. I remember 10 years ago, on my knees, crying out to God and praying and fasting and believing, watching God just do something very cool. It, it, it's no different for you and me. This, this week has been an interesting week, to say the least. If you read my wife's Instagram, you will, you will know so we, we have prayer on Wednesday, which you guys know because you're all there. Um, and it's at 6.30, it's 6.30 in the morning, but the, the four or five of us who show up and I thank God for, for a handful of people. Um, I, I, Chris was taking Hudson to the, the beach. So I said, well, take my truck and, and, and put my uh, surf, because you put surfboard in She's got a four-door Jeep. She's got a new Jeep, so blessed. It was a blessing. And uh, um, I said, I'll take your Jeep, take my truck so you don't get dirty, blah, blah, blah. So I go, and I drive to the coffee shop, which is where I go every day for 12 years. How long have we lived here? long time, 13 years. Every, I mean, I go there just about every morning, and I get my cup of coffee, and there's, there's this, a bunch of uh, 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 Korean ladies, nice lady, but they all talk about me. They talk, you know, then they start talking in their own language and stuff, and they laugh, and I'm going, I know you're talking about me, you know. I got to be like Seinfeld and bring in a plant to hear what they're saying, <laughs> especially after the story, it was, they didn't laugh at me. Uh, so I go in, and I literally, I mean, it's cold. It's been cold it in the morning. So I just jump out of, my, of her car. I leave it running because it's you know—it's cold. I'm telling you, not 30, maybe 60 seconds. Because when they see me come to the door, they're like, oh, there's your coffee. And they, they literally go because they know every day I just have a coffee. I do not have donuts anymore. So they don't go for a donut. They go right for the coffee. I go, and I grab the coffee, say a couple words. I turn around. It's gone. Her car's gone. I'm like, wait a I'm like, oh no, this is not good. Why couldn't they steal my truck? Why couldn't they steal my truck? And 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 they stole it. Stole my wife's car, new car, six thousand miles. Oops. Um, she was more disappointed because she had just bought a twenty dollar dress that she loved. That uh, and I'm like, well, you didn't tell me. That's why it got stolen. Um, but. <laughs> <laughs> it got my phone you know it's just such a ah pain in the rear and 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 but but this is so history the history history is 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 a relationship's best friend and when all this happened and, and 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 i just go okay god what are you doing and, and we prayed and later I prayed and just said I've been here before God I've watched you redeem situations and I don't know if we'll ever get this car back I hope we do and my wife's posting oh Lord I pray that this guy will get saved I'm like I'm not there yet but um, you know I, but, but I've seen you move God I've had this experience, and it didn't look just like this, but I've got religious people that want to throw a helmet and armor on me and say, you need to call down from heaven you know, the angels of God, blah, blah, I don't know. And I'm like, I don't need your armor. I've got my relationship with Jesus. It's changed me. I'm not the same. And David said, I've done this before. So, when he runs up to the lines and they're cowering and they're scared to death, all these these big, you know, warrior guys, because Goliath is sitting over there. And when you run to the battle line and your marriage looks like it's on the brink, or your finances look like they're on the brink, or your kids, or whatever it is, looks like it's on the brink, and you run to the front lines, you go, I've been here. I know how to fight. See, this is the problem with the church. I'm generalizing. They don't know how to fight. They wear their people's armors. They don't know this word. And they don't wear the word of God. So that when the, the tough times come, because you know the tough times are coming, when the tough times come, we don't have the ability to fight. See, here's the reality private preparation precedes public purpose. Think about that. Private preparation. When I sit, and I'm praying and I'm reading. When, I, when no one sees and you're alone and you're, you're crying out to God, when, when, when the, the crowds aren't around. See, the religious people like to be in the middle of the crowds and pray and read. And, but, but when you're on that one-on-one with God and it's that private time with God that, that precedes all the public things that you will do. It's tested. And David pulls out his five stones. Repentance, faith, worship, word, and thankfulness. I love this, in 48. When the Philistine arose and came drawn near to to meet David, David ran quickly towards the battle line to meet the Philistine. And David put his his hand in his bag and took out stones and 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 slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell on his face to the ground. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. There were no sword in the hand of David. He didn't have anybody's religion. He had his Jesus. He had his God. And when the enemy came, he said, I know what to do. These three key statements. It says David ran quickly towards the battle line. David put his hand in the bag and took out the stone, and he slung it. Number one, David ran quickly to the battle line. Look at this. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth. Ruddy and handsome in appearance. And the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me. And I will give your flesh to the birds and the air and the beasts of the field. And there's time and time in my life where the enemy is just speaking to me and he's saying stupid stuff, stuff like this. You're gonna get your butt handed to you today. You know what? You're not gonna have that victory over your sin today. You're not gonna have the faith to walk through this today. You're not gonna have enough money. You're not gonna have enough relationship. You're not gonna have any of these things. And I don't run into the battle. And God says, run into the battle. Run into the battle if you've had moments with me. And David had, a, had a fought with the bear and the lion, and he's like, I'm running into this thing because I know what's going to happen. It's time to run quickly to your enemy. It's time to run into the battle and fight not sit back on your heels. It's time to cry out to God for your families, for your jobs, for your addictions, for your, your, your lust, for whatever it is. It's time to fight the battle. But here's the key. It's only time to fight the battle. You can only run quickly if you have stones in your bag. I just realized what I just said. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Um, but if you have your bag... <laughs> if, you, <laughs> sorry. if you have your bag and, and the stones are in them, why? Because <laughs> David, as he was running quickly, reached down into the bag and grabbed a stone out. It says this in verse 36 your servant has struck down both lion and bears and circumcised. Philistine shall be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. And he grabbed that stone. Which stone did David grab? I don't know. This is metaphorically speaking, but I don't know what he grabbed. But he could have grabbed the repentance. What do I mean by that? When I'm repentant, when I'm humble before God, God can use me to beat and and win the victory. When I'm full of faith, when I grab that stone that's faith, and I put it in the sling and I run towards the enemy that's lying to me, I can win because said, says I'm a winner. When I grab that worship, and there's times this morning I, was, I had the music on, I'm just worshiping. When I'm in my car and I'm just worshiping, I can grab that stone and I can win the victory of doubt by worshiping. And the times where I just need to reach in that bag and grab the stone on the word of God, and I read the word, and I, and I just eat the word, and it brings hope in my heart, there's victory. Or maybe he grabbed that stone of thankfulness. He said, God, thank you for the bear and the lion. Maybe David was thinking in his mind, I'm going to grab that stone. And it's that thankful stone. He goes, I've done this thing before. I've seen it. I've watched you be victorious, God. Thank you. And he takes it. And he takes it. So you have to run into battle and reach into your bag and grab a stone. But then you have to sling it. You have to sling it. You you can have all the word in you. You can have all the faith in you. You can run to the battle. You can have all those things. But if you don't choose to fight, it's useless. It says that David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down and cut off your head, and I will give your dead bodies to the hosts of the Philistines this day, to the birds of the air, and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know there is a God of Israel. And David slung that stone. And it hits Goliath right between the eyes. And he falls down. See, See, David, he says, I come to you, that faith. I come to you in the name of the Lord. I know my God and I have faith in him. The repentance is this, uh, the, the name of the Lord of, of the hosts. There, you, you can't come into God's presence with pride and, and self-righteousness. There's this humility that has to take place when you interact and you come into this deep place with God. The God of the armies of Israel. Oh, David was a worshiper. He was a worshiper who, had defied, who you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you. Why? Because the word of God says, I will be delivered may not look what I think it looks like. It may not be the way I want it, but God's word says, I will be delivered. And I will strike you down. And I will be thankful. There's something about the victory. When you throw the stone of faith or whatever it is at the enemy and you see victory, there's this thankfulness that just comes forth. You go, oh God, thank you. When you come out of that season in your marriage or that tough time in your marriage or that time with your children and you watch God's faithfulness, you say, thank you, God. This week we are sitting upstairs in our bedroom and all five kids were, were there. Were they? Four? There's so many. I can't remember how many. There are a lot of them. And we, we go through our stuff in our house. We go through our stuff, but there was just this thankfulness in our heart for God's protection, for God's love for our family, for hope and his grace. There's just a thankfulness. And this this one young man with five stones, David, with these five stones. See, David was a man after God's own heart because he demonstrated his faith and was committed to following the Lord. His faith was tested in a huge way. He failed time and time again, not unlike you and me. But after his sin, he sought and he received the Lord's forgiveness. So he was always in this right standing with God. It wasn't about him screwing up. He was a murderer and an adulterer and and disobedient. The issue wasn't that, although we don't want to be those things. The issue was this. The heart of David was willing to repent and, and, and cry out to God. I don't care what you've done, what you've been through. If you humble yourselves and just ask God, Mm -hmm. forgiveness, watch what he might do. And David understood this. So my question to you today is whose armor are you wearing? Whose armor have you put on? Is it your mom and dad's religion? Is it Benny Hinn? Is it the religion of the world, money? Is the religion of the world sex? Is that the armor you're going to to, to battle with? Is it the self-righteousness? Got it all together. Is that the armor you're wearing? Whatever it is of those things that you're wearing, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of repentance. And I repent. God, I repent for taking on anything other than your armor and who you are. And I'm not perfect in this. Dear God, I love to put on different armors of different crap that I should never put on. God, I repent. The only armor I want to walk in is yours and what you have for me. Because you know what? When I do that, I know there's victory. When I put on those other armors, I'm like Saul and his men, just sitting back, you know, just kind of, I'm not going to go to that battle. And there's no victory there. And for some of us, there's areas of our life, there's no victory. You're going, I I want victory. And we're standing with the rest of the warriors back. I want victory. And God's just saying, throw off that armor and put on the word of God. Put on my faith. And run into the battle. And grab that stone and kill the giant in your life. Kill the giant in your life. What four or five stones are you carrying? What are you carrying in your pocket? I, I, I'm wrestling this morning and praying and, and it just whatever just, uh, there's some faith in there God I know it. it may be a pebble it may not be as big as David's there's some history that I have God I see the history the last Gosh, 53 years of my life, I watched the history. There's a stone in there that has history, God, that I can grab a hold of. There's a word that, that, that is in there that, that I read and I, I own. And, and there's grace that goes forth that I know that goes forth because I see it in my life in the midst of being a screw-up God. I see it. I know those stones are there. I need to run into the battle. So now What? come full circle, John 1:14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory. Glory is the only Son from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. Let's pray. Father, I thank You for this time this morning, for these, these men and women, God, there's, these warriors. Lord, we, we've been through battles, Father God. We've been through things in our life. God, I pray that we'd be men and women who would throw off all those things that you never meant for us to put on. Lord, our parents' religion. God, the hope of money or the hope of a relationship. God, if I just pray harder, give more, whatever it is, God, we just, we repent, Father God, for taking those on and putting them on and god i pray that we would be a people that would put on your word that would put on faith that would put on hope and god that we would run to the battles in our life that we would we would reach and grab the stones and we would sling them father and that she would give us victory so that others might know you jesus So others might know you, Jesus. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening to the Pacific Point Podcast. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, you can download the Pacific Point Church app at the App Store or visit us at pacificpointchurch.com slash give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you are encouraged today.